Are you ready to run your short-term rental business like a super host? If so, look no further than Guesty for Hosts. Guesty for Hosts offers listing management for all three major OTAs, Airbnb, Booking.com, and Verbo. With Guesty for Hosts, you can create a branded direct booking website in minutes. I've been able to hit 61% direct bookings in my business and automate daily tasks such as communication with cleaners and communication with guests. Click the link in the show notes to get an additional $20 off your first month. Welcome to Live, Let, Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live, Let, Thrive. What is up, Micah, man? I'm cool, Stevie Stacks. How you doing? Ah, you know, constantly swimming in an ocean of overwhelm, but I'm becoming a better swimmer, I guess. So that's something. But that's just how I roll, man. How what's new in your world, Micah? Man, chilling, man, chilling, man. We at episode. We at. I don't know what episode. Episode two hundred and two of your favorite Airbnb VRBO short term rental podcast in the world, coming at you from Arlington and Dallas and Fort Worth, Texas. It was Dallas the other day, but now it's Fort Worth. And we have a special guest, Micah, man. Who we got, Stevie Stacks. Michael Porsche. I like to call him Michael Porsche 911. You know what I'm saying? 911, my favorite Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> and who is Michael Porsche, you ask? Well, Michael Porsche is a short-term rental owner and investor, founder of STR Legacies, LLC, and founder of Escape and Stay Property Management. Michael helps educate real estate investors on how to acquire STRs as well as how to self-manage their properties. Michael started off as a firefighter for the city of San Diego. He loved his job. It was his dream job. However, he quickly found out that he was sacrificing too much time away from his family to provide for them. So he asked himself, what is the best way to create passive income? This is when he discovered real estate investing, specifically in the growing market of short-term rentals. As an STR practitioner, nice word, Michael provides his coaching and education services to anyone looking to build their legacy through real estate investing. Your freedom is just one STR away. Welcome, Michael. Oh, thank you for such a warm introduction. I, I just try to hold myself together just hearing you all get, you know, run off one another and just so much excitement. I just... <laughs> We've been doing it for a while, Michael. We've been doing it for a while. Yeah. So a little chemistry going on, you know what I'm saying? I love <laughs> it. And just in addition to what you were saying about 9-11 Turbo, so this was my old, I don't know, for your listeners, you can't really see, but... Um, this is my old fire helmet, and on the I carved in like a Porsche on the leather, which is oh, on the helmet, nice. which is more of my uh, my signature. They call nine eleven turbo. So that's <laughs> funny. You oh, you, uh, you were a firefighter. Yeah, I was. Uh, I used service. to work for firefighter with the uh, with San Diego City. <laughs> okay, thanks for your service, man. Because I, I ain't running, I, I can't run in no burning building, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I got to give you, I got to give you your props on that one, man. Uh, Man, see, see, did you stick with it kind of part time or you how are you doing it now? No. So I, I stuck with it for I mean, that was all I ever wanted to do and one, you know, wanted to work for. It's all I ever prepared my life for. Right. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, when I got married and then when I had the especially when I had my daughter, it just everything kind of came forward and was like, hey, me being gone all the time, is that really worth it? So initially I moved out to Idaho 
um, to buy a business to get it up and running. It was a real estate business, but to get it up and running. And the plan was to move back to stay in the fire service. But we moved to Idaho. We thought this place was awesome. Like, hey, what the heck? Let's just dive full time into real estate. So after, man, after like nine months of commuting back and forth, like I was working two weeks out there in San Diego and then I'd be home for two weeks. I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm going to do this real estate mm. thing full time. Damn. Oh man. So, so you're, you're based out of Idaho. I am now. Okay. I'm a little so, bit Florida. Okay. So like, what's your strategy? Do you arbitrage? Do you manage? Do you own? Yeah. So I'm, I'm a big owning fan. So I got into it mostly in going into, Hey, let's figure out. Cause I didn't have that much money to start off with. Um, I end up using a lot of the funds. I even pulled my retirement from the city of San Diego. I invested into an assisted living business, which did very well for itself within a year. But then I ended up using and not getting any profit from any of those funds. And um, mm. after the first year, we ended up washing our hands of it. Um, but from that, I had to use the strategy of just, I wanted, I knew I wanted to own more property. So I wanted to invest by using other people's money um, to be able to acquire rentals. But in order to do that, I knew I had to, you know, add value to that property and then refinance out of it so I can be able to pay my investors back. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was the strategy that I first utilized with, as well as just doing partnerships with people who had money and to do like 50, 50 ownerships and stuff like that. The burr method, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Sir, so right now, how many units are you up to? We're at six right now that we that we own. We own six units. Um, and then we manage around like 12 or so as of right now. Really? Now, now how did you now of those six, how did you go about acquiring those? So all those, well, some of them were just direct seller. Um, I would cold call individuals and go from there. Um, I started out in marathon, even got to the point where I flew out to marathon, which is in the keys, by the way, marathon in the keys of Florida. So it's like mm -hmm. those little islands and all and not. I even got to the point where I was flying out, running up contracts, visiting all these sellers, um, just to hang out, get to know the area. Um, and a lot of those contracts ended up falling through, but my first investment was in Florida in the Pensacola area, um, besides my own home here in Idaho. But um, that was all through just using realtors, wholesalers, and Trek calling myself. Man, so you... Sounds like I mean, you've, so you only invest in like vacation rental destinations. Are all your units in Florida? No. So I have I have one here in Idaho. We're looking to expand and do a little more stuff in here, specifically in like um, more of like the lake town areas, like tiny home villages out there. That's what's a project we work on now. But I have a few properties in Florida, and then I have one in Virginia, and mm. manage another in Virginia. Okay. What's your? A, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Steve. Oh, so I was just going to say, is that it? Because you're saying cold calling and flying out and seeing people. Is So was being a fighter fighter a great way to get your foot in the door and talking to people? I'd say so, um, because it builds trust, I think. Because right. everyone always has this automatic, you know, idea of what it takes to be a firefighter. And they go in all these, you know, burning homes or places where they help people. So they already have this automatic establishment of trust. Um, so, I mean, I... Don't get me wrong, I definitely used that card when I needed to, but overall, I think just getting to know people and talking to people and allowing them to hear you and feeling that they've been heard as well has allowed that like really good communication and in regards to be able to 
to get into, I'd say, people's homes or, hey, let me buy your house. <laughs> so it sounds like, so since you're doing direct to sell, are you doing 100% Burr? you doing sub two? Is that, those are your two strategies? Well, what strategies? Yeah, I started off trying to do a lot more creative financing, like the sub two stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So I started trying to do like, you know, seller carries and, you know, involving other lenders with that. Um, I never really got too much success with that. And I think it was because I just wasn't hitting the numbers as much. But what I found was easier for me to get to was I found it easier just partnering with people who had money and I just find the deal. And I would, you know, partner with investors at real estate meetup groups, give them a call. Like, hey, like I'm looking to, I have, you know, 150,000 in my retirement account. I'm looking to lend on real estate for, hi, my name is Michael. I'd love to, you know, <laughs> buy you some coffee and dinner. So, you know, a lot of that was just me going to find these people. And it's really, I mean, I thought it was really easy because I haven't gone to that many real estate meetup groups, but the one, uh, the quite few that I have been a part of, there's been a lot of people just volunteering their information that they lend on, on real estate. Mm. Mm. How do you, how do you structure these partner deals when you find a good partner to get, you know, to, to do some, do some buying with, how do you, how do you structure these deals? Yeah. So really in uh, three different ways that I've done so far, one way has been, so the 50, 50 partnerships, either I'll come in with a little bit of money and my partner will come in with the majority of it, um, and go in that way, 50, 50, or my partner will come in with a full down payment for the property and closing costs. So they acquire it essentially. And I say, Hey, I'll handle the rehab of it. I'll manage the whole project. Um, I'll come in and, you know, also include the furniture aspect to it and manage it. And so that, those are my responsibilities where I kind of get some coverage on the hard money loan side, because we have that rehab loan. So there's a loan for all the cost of doing the rehab for it as well. And I usually make sure to up the prices a little bit um, for percentage wise to help include the cost for the furniture. Um, so that's been kind of a nice little asset to kind of get that not free, free furniture. Cause you're it's it, but it's wrapped in the loan, mm-hmm. which kind of helps out a lot. Cause you can get your appliances in there. You can get other big items like that. So that was, that was kind of my contribution besides just finding the deal. Um, but that's what I would, you know, normally the angle I would work from. Um, whereas they're putting the money up front to pay for everything. If that makes and do you sense. get like a lawyer to do the contract and stuff like that? Um, yeah. So I've done, I've, I've been part of this, like couple different types of organizations like business Anderson advisors was one legal shield is another. So I'd just call them up be like, Hey, you have any templates or contracts I can work from? And, you know, I don't think you're supposed to be altering any types of contracts, but I'd give it back to the lawyer, right. Or attorney after and be like, Hey, can you just, fix this promissory note for me or fix this type of agreement for me. Um, but on the lending side, mostly I would, cause those were two partnership side, but the lending side, I would structure it in either a uh, nine month promissory note. If it's for, um, if it's more for like a rehab type of situation, but if it's for like a, if I'm doing like a turnkey property, which I'm in the process of doing one turnkey right now, then I'll, I'll, have that promise you note go out to two to three years just mm. so that it takes time to pay it back. Mm. Now you said you partner with these guys and then you take care of the rehab. Now is this whole thing 50, 50, like, so after the refi, he gets paid back and then it, does he still hold, hold title with you? Or is it just yours? Yeah. So the 50, 50 ones, they're holding title with me. 
Um, so I had two of those um, in partnership and the other ones are where they just do the full on lending. And Man, that and the title is mine. Mm, nice. You just dropped some game. I've never heard think about someone doing that, doing a 50-50 burr. You come do everything. I'll take care of the rehab and the Airbnb stuff. And yeah. then you just get paid. Man, that's a hell of a strategy right there. I like it. I like that. <laughs> I appreciate it. And so how much do you charge them to manage it? Um, so I usually do 25% um, still. But in regards to my partners, there was... I don't know. I'm still, I'm still, I feel like I'm still new at this, which is honestly why the reason I call myself a practitioner because I'm just involved in the game. I'm not like, I try not to clarify myself as an expert by any means, but I'm just a practitioner working with other practitioners. Let's get this done. Um, but I use, so like I'm in the mix of like changing my percentage um, to work with partners, but I'm not exactly sure. I haven't really found a number yet, but as of right now, it's 25%. And that's what I charge pretty much everybody, to be honest. Um, ain't bad, man. 25% plus equity? Yeah. <laughs> Can't beat that, man. I, I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah, he's not to the... You know, we're all, we're, all, we're all trying to figure this game out, you know? People that, that yeah. go on there and say they're gurus, and this is how you do it, this is how you... You know, take it with a grain of salt. You got to do it how you got to do it, right? To, exactly. to be, make it successful for you. I know Grant yeah. Cardone takes 50% of everything, but he's Grant Cardone, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a big name for it. That's for sure. He put he put zero in. Investors buy it for him, yep. and then he gets like a. Then they sell it a few years later. He gets his golden ten million dollar, twenty million dollar parachute on the way out, and oh, you know, man. just using his name makes it work. <laughs> makes it work. Yeah, man. He's he's one thing I've been learning a lot, and I'm not. I was never really a Grant Cardone fan, but after just seeing his consistency and just hearing different interviews left and right, man, one thing he definitely delivers on is he's always about interacting and meeting people. Like he's always about that and always makes it accessible for him to do that. And I'm sure he looks at it and Hey, is this worth my time? Is this viable? But um, at the same time, I think one of the things he preaches a lot is just consistency 10 X, right? Like he'll, he'll say rather than do your post or do this, you know, once or twice, no, you got to like times that by 10, do it that many more times and do it consistently. And that's how much, you know, that will increase your, say, chances of success, like, tenfold or more, I would say. Mm, yeah, consistency. And you asked us before the, the podcast how we how we managed to stay in it, you know, past 200 episodes. And this consistency, man, is like, yeah. it, you know, both of us have busy lives. And at the time, Micah had the full-time job plus doing all his business stuff. I'm still a full-time job and doing all the business stuff. And then... um but we just we just made it a point to keep doing it and not quit, yeah. you know, and I told him I told him most most podcasts uh, give up after the 50th episode. But I think it's way earlier than that. I just said 50. Mm -hmm. I just wanted a good 50. You know, I thought we'd get our good footing, you know, at 50 episodes. And, and and we did. And we made it past that mark and we just kept going. So it's just consistency, man. It's it's pretty it's pretty simple. It's as simple as that. But it's it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to do. Right. You know, it's yeah. funny. The, there was only two podcasts out about short term rentals when we started. And the one that we listened to, the middle of the time of us recording hours, they stopped. And Steve was like, man, Shampoo and Boo stopped. I'm like, oh, damn, you know, and then we just <laughs> took off. We kept going. So, yeah, consistency. So one question I do have for you, Mike, because you said you do vacation rental markets. Yeah. Um, which market is better? Are, like in Virginia, are you on the beach or where are you at in Virginia? That's, that's a real good question. So we're I do 
all, like everything is just data specific. So, mm. um, so what I did, I bought like a $5,000 package with AirDNA that tells me like the top 3000 cities to invest in. And it bases it off of rental demand, revenue growth and investability, which is really just cash on cash return. That's like the fancy way of saying cash on cash return. Um, and so I, I look at these markets and I've learned, and even the top three South and to like their list isn't like, it's good to give you a direction and define where these little like cities are, but you still have to like evaluate those cities and find out what's bringing people there. And like, how long has it been growing that way? Or, you know, all these different factors that you need to like really study. But so that's, that's honestly how we found the place in Virginia. And that was in Shenandoah, Virginia is where, where we started to invest. Um, and so it's a little small mountain town near the uh, Shenandoah National Park. Um, tons of cabins out there, but a lot of people come from Washington, D.C. or, you know, Charlottesville or places of those area within Virginia. But it's like the value is crazy. Like we bought, well, <laughs> one, the land we just bought was like seven grand for a half an acre that we're looking to build a cabin on that is probably an expensive cabin, but that cabin alone will bring in, um, over a hundred thousand easy. Um, but like one of my students, my first students, for example, she bought a house out there as well. Um, and she is, she's bringing in anywhere from, we had first thought it would be around 80,000 with the occupancy, but it's looking to be about 90,000. She bought that place for around 300 grand. Um, so the cash and cash return, the spread is huge in regards to um, just a lot of room for messing up and you're still going to get tons of passive cash flow. I think it's around like 40 all said and done with us managing it. She's getting 40,000 a year, which comes out to be 12 goes in. I have no idea. <laughs> you know, maybe a couple, three grand a month, four grand a month, somewhere around there. You said Shenandoah. Isn't that where Shampoo and Booze is at? Because they, yeah, because they, they're right by DC. And they, I think that's where they are. Like, oh, really? Wow. Yeah. That'd be crazy if they are. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, and I find those little markets here and there within Florida as well. You know, it's just more about finding the cash or what markets are bringing people in consistently and that's surrounding that area. And then where can you find? the product that's going to get the highest return in comparison with that value of the home. But that's kind of how we pick our places. And how long have you been in that market? Oh man, not that long. Um, maybe about five, no, six, five, six months. Okay. Yeah. Do you, you, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Do you use like something like air DNA to find the place that's the biggest bang for the buck, you know, find out what the house is selling for plus then what the, what they could make you on Airbnb. Do you use anything like that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So I have like three sources I switch back and forth from, um, air DNA is probably like the number one go-to that I go with mash Pfizer. I use as a secondary. And when I'm really needing like key information, it's called key data. It's one that's not, heard about i feel is too often but it's it's probably one of the most accurate ones because at least in the large markets so they'll go in and they'll partner with property managers and so they're actually getting the actual recorded funds that are being deposited from like say those rentals and they're getting all the like you know for example a lot of property managers especially on the east coast and in the south where these vacation homes have always been a lot of them 
yeah, they get those, you know, their bookings from Airbnb and Verbo and booking.com, but they also have their own website, you know, that they're soliciting to, and people will book through their own website. I have mine as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of bookings and things that aren't being recorded on AirDNA or MashVisor. Like AirDNA only does, they only record Airbnb and Verbo, you know, bookings. They don't record anything from the property manager side, not from booking.com, not from some of these other sites that people use. Um, and MashVisor only records from Airbnb. So there's a lot of limited information you can't see, but key data kind of reveals a lot of that, which is pretty neat. It's just really pricey. Really? <laughs> yeah. See, but, and I had a, I had a conversation with uh, AirDNA today. I had a powwow. <laughs> we had a, so, I, and they were, they were trying to sell me a package, but anyways. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> so basically what I was going to try to ask that. Yeah, so they have some new stuff coming out. It's pretty cool. Not where I want it to be, but it's pretty cool. Yeah. So with that Air DNA data, did it pan out for you? Meaning, okay, you spent what four or five grand on this package. Did that pan out for you, like in the long run, on on the investment that you picked up? You know, that's a good question because all it really needs is just one investment that gets me in the right place. But to be honest, I was already looking at Shenandoah just from some of the free information that they're offering. Mm-hmm. Um, but in regards to that, I think it only panned out because like, I can't really disperse or sell that, that information, but I could, you know, really let people view it at my own, you know, type of Excel. And, and I've allowed that say within my group, I have this little like mm-hmm. practitioner group, let's just call it that. Um, <laughs> but like, so it's panned out for being able to give value to like my team, my students, you know, people who are trying to achieve the same goals as I am. Um, cause they're able to see that information. I feel like if it was just for me, it would make no sense. Um, because I can't, what am I going to do with 3000 cities? I ain't got that much capital to like deploy here, 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 here. You know what I mean? Like ain't nobody got time to, to go to five different, you know, I'd say locations. And I mean, you don't need like 3000, you know, cities to like know what the top places to invest. I mean, not for one person, you know? I mean, barely for a firm, but definitely not for one person. I'm starting to think like from AirDNA and even how you just described it, I think AirDNA is useful if you're buying because you have to be very targeted in what you want, right? Yes. So, yes. Yeah. So if you're buying a house and you want it, let's say you're buying, you're looking for a property that's going to bring me 150000 a year yep. and AirDNA can provide you that value, that information. And even at that, if you know AirDNA is telling you to bring you hundred grand, you know it can do more because it doesn't calculate the value of the property. So yep. I, I think that's a very good, I think that's a very good starting point if you're buying for sure. You know, that, yeah. and that must be something that AirDNA is they already they already know, and they know that people are sharing these the the logins if you you know as you yep. will. Yeah. And so they're like, well, shit, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna charge 10, 14 grand for this information because they're gonna yep. share it with their whole team that's that's under them so that okay it kind of makes sense now they're not making it where the netflix where that you can't log in here you can't log in there kind of thing i know y'all heard about that though Uh, oh what a netflix thing a netflix they're trying well so there's that which they've already had but they're trying to do this this new thing where they're trying to charge for sharing your password i'm not sure how they're going to figure that out but yeah, piggybacking. Well, they'll fill it, figure it out for the VPN, I guess. So they'll know if someone's in a different place using your thing, then they say, oh, that's fine and all, but they got to pay their five bucks a month or whatever the price yep. is. Yeah, it's just they're piggyback yep. on top of your on your. And account. YouTube TV already does it. 
you know, they, but they do it in a way like, Hey, you can have five devices, meaning, okay, if you have one house, you know, it's five bedrooms in there, y'all can all have accounts. Right. And then once it goes over that, you try to log in and to tell you, Hey, you're maxed out. I think Netflix kind of wants to do the same thing, which I don't know. know, (laughs) It's going to make our short-term rental costs go up for the people that provide those. Right. And that's one of the reasons why I never provided that stuff. Like I provide access to it because what's going to happen is if you got 10 Airbnbs, everybody's logged in now you got to get another netflix account yep you know and that's why i've never provided that stuff yeah. i'll only provide access to it we mm. started to at first and then we're like nah we ain't doing this <laughs> <It was> too <laughs> much everybody's got a netflix login man if you yeah, don't exactly. your mom's got one somebody's got one you yeah. know it, it, you know it's funny right i started a. Uh, uh, you know, we do Roku TVs, do the mm-hmm. TCL, Roku's, whatever. And then they can, you know, log in their own apps. And people would, a lot of times would leave the, the the logins, you know, so the next people would get it for free. And and I have a TV at my house that's you know uses the same, you know, Roku login as the, yeah. as the Airbnbs, right? And so that TV, I got like HBO Max. I got some other stuff that that the guests have left. I didn't know it shared it across all the all the mm-hmm. TVs in that login. I was like, oh yeah. shit, I get HBO uh, Max. This is cool. Yeah. I don't have to pay for it. And you so make sure your shit ain't tied to that. Thank you, uh, Daniel. Yeah, <laughs> whoever you are. Actually, it was a it was a, it was an a hole guest. So I'm not feeling too sad about about getting it for free. <laughs> no, I'm saying make sure your personal information ain't tied to that because if you're logged into Roku, your uh, it connects back to your credit card. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's this 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 account is just for the just for oh, yeah, the yeah. rentals. It's not on my personal Roku account. Oh, good, so, good, good. So, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want this. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, but but it's funny because like I, I know Federico started telling the VAs, hey, be sure to put on the departing, you know, on the checkout message that be sure to log out of all your apps before you. And I was like, why'd you have that, man? Goes, oh, a couple of guests <laughs> yeah. have said, hell, I forgot, you know, we left, but we forgot to to log out. Could you log us out? He's like. Man, don't put, that's only a couple guests. Don't do that, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna lose my HBO Max for real, man. It, 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 <laughs> they might be offering the next guest the Playboy channel, man. You're running oh my <laughs> Playboy channel. Wow, that takes me way back. That's, 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 don't even that's, exist. Do it. I don't know. <laughs> Ah, that's so oh, man. funny, man. The Playboy <laughs> channel. <Wow. laughs> Ruining the experience, man. No, but yeah, I, stuff like that for sure, for sure. But yeah, yeah. man, I, I just kind of wanted to know like that air DNA data because they're really pushing to, you know, make this sale. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. But I, I guess if you're buying and, and that's something I may want to look into. Right. So if I want to dive deep into buying instead of just buying these rinky dinks here and here, just go for one high value one that brings you the income that you need. You yeah, know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it matters. It's really important on that on that front when you're buying, because one of the things I think air DNA is really cool with is allows you to see the comps. And like the comps you're looking at is you want to see like the amenities, how many people it sleeps, you know, what type of uh, guests are visiting that. Like for one, oh man, I almost did this and I'll give this to you guys if you guys, you know, are in that space. But <clears throat> there's a, there's a house that was for sale for 800,000 in the Virgin Islands and the U, U, the United States Virgin Islands. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I, I was, I thought, man, this is a, beautiful house like it's old and it's all kinds of messed up and it needs like four hundred thousand dollars of rehab done to it just to get it up to par where it's supposed to be but it's huge it's like you know six bedrooms six baths you know each got its own suite um it's like a little what it was used to be a pool that had a um 
uh, it used to have, what do they call them? The infinity pools, you know, it oh. looks off into the cliffs and it's like beautiful, all ocean views. Like wow. you're just on the cliffs and it's gorgeous. But so this house was on, I think it's Peter Bohr or something. I forgot, but it's up there and a thousand dollars. Well, the value of that house, if you fix it up for 400,000 is 2.4 million. <sighs> like, like, like there was houses all along there that were selling for that. So if you put that much money into it, you'd be able to get all that money back easy. And the cool thing, but the, the cooler thing about that was I was looking at those, those styled homes. There was four properties all in the same area, same neighborhood that were grossing over like on a minimum, like the smallest amount I saw was for that size property with that many, you know, sleeps that many people were grossing minimum was like 420,000 a year. Like, I was what? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like, that's nice, <laughs> you know. But is it still available? Uh, probably, yeah, probably. I try to, and here's the thing: I try to pick it up. But to be honest, I wasn't able to only because with my one, I don't have investors that go up at that point level yet. Um, and and two, I usually when I'm doing flips and projects, I like to have my the lenders, they're like national lenders, but they don't, they aren't able to offer that product in the, in the Virgin Islands. So that's been really difficult is to find, like I can get lending, but that means I would have to have like that. I would rather have that rehab loan backed by yeah. a lender and not come mm. up with a 400 grand myself. Like, you want me to send, send a, a plane from Columbia and drop some off for you? Hey, yeah. <laughs> You got buy the buy the house cash money. Yeah, <laughs> we can get a lender, man. We got to talk after the show, man. Let, let, oh, you know, man. Send me some messages on LinkedIn. I'm interested in that, man. You I'll do that. One point four mil. We all in at one point four, and yep. it's worth two point four. It's worth two point four million. Yes, after We're done. Eight hundred k to purchase. Four hundred. Put in 400. 100, yep. Oh, so we have 1.2. Yep. And I would give or take 100. Like I had one contractor, one contractor walk through it and do the bid. And he said, absolutely. It would take about eight to nine months with him and his crew and stuff. So that's a side note, um, which is totally fine. But that's with doing all the like, you know, higher quality materials, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's island time too, right? The what? The island time. They take their yeah, time over there. Island. Exactly. That's real though. And <laughs> I mean, I, I, I called, I called probably 10 contractors trying to find one who would like actually want to work with me. And most of them, they just don't, they don't want to work with people who don't live there or don't already own the property. So makes sense. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah, that's man. the only risk that 800 bands, man. I mean, you can get it for what, if you have the right hard money lender, you can get it for 80. Yeah, something. Yeah, that's crazy, man. But damn. Just fly some contractors from here and say, hey, you want to be at a few months in in the Caribbean? I'll pay for it and just just fix up this house and you get. (laughs) Well, it's funny you said that. I actually did have my guy. So I have a crew in Florida who I use religiously and um, and they they said they would. Oh, because I was I was trying to figure out how this was going to get done sooner than eight months. Um, I ended up giving up on it, though. But, you know, that's you guys i will gladly send all, everything to you i know it's still in the market i'm pretty sure it is because it's, it's hard one to take down but if you have the resources you can do it for sure 
live let thrive at gmail.com go ahead and send that over uh but yeah uh but yeah man that that's crazy man so like what are your plans for expansion right now like what are you what, what are you working on to expand your business so i've i've definitely on the investment side um I've just been able, I've realized, you know, you can be really resourceful just by leveraging relationships and people and partnering on deals. But I kind of went from, well, I'm partnering on these small deals. Why don't we just partner on something a little, a little larger, you know, that mm-hmm. would actually make sense for everybody. Um, and so we we're in this position right now where we're looking to develop like a more of like a tiny home village community, that kind of thing um, out here in Idaho in a very like specific little areas that we're looking at that would actually bring the traffic itself just by where it's at. Um, so those are, those are kind of the things that we're looking into now. We haven't really made it. Well, we've made a few offers on, on some land and had a few conversations, but we haven't gotten in, in contract um, with anything yet. Um, what, do, we're trying. what does the zoning have to be for like one of, I have some plots of land. So what does the zoning have to be for that? I think it depends. Uh, I know there's like a, for us, we're looking campground zoning. So, you know, that's, that's the style that we're looking for because it makes us a little more flexible with what we can have and have not have on there. Um, But really it's just the zoning that allows campgrounds. That's, Mm -hmm. that's what we're looking for. I don't know if, I don't think it's called campground zoning, Um, (laughs) but I think it's the word for it, man. I don't even know. I don't even know, but um to be specific, but I, I mean, that's, that's the type of zoning that, that we're looking for, for that. Okay. And what, what part of Florida are you units in? My, they're in Pensacola, Gulf Breeze and Perdido Key, which is all, all in the peninsula of Florida. Which of those have been your best market? You know what? Um, Gulf Breeze is probably the better one. And I think it's just because it's like, it's right next to Pensacola Beach. It's right down the road from, from Destin um, and Navarre Beach. So it's really close to everything. And it's not like too overly, I mean, it's definitely saturated, but Gulf Breeze itself is not, it's not saturated in comparison to like Destin or, you know, even Perdido Keys, a lot more happening in Pensacola Beach, but it's like, you get a little more of the family feel, hometown, that kind of stuff, but you still get access to everything. Gulf mm. Breeze, yeah, let's invest there, Mike. Yeah, if it ain't, yeah, if it, but you're saying saturate, and that, that's another question I do have. Like, so like vacation rental markets, yeah. how do you guys handle the saturation? Since it's vacation rental markets that are basically created for vacationers, right? Yeah, yeah. How is that saturation handled? Like, what do you do to stand out from the guy with the exact same cabin as you next door? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So I feel like in those really saturated markets, you gotta. Sp- appeal to a very specific buyer Mm. um and you got to stick with that so i mean i am uh, honestly with my with my properties i'm a bad example because all those are ones like let's just buy it and serve the middle like the middle class (laughs) like that's what we can afford because we're buying properties that like like this one in gulf breeze was we picked up for one sixty don't go yeah i think one maybe 160 the arv on that it was like 230 um, two thirty five, and so, like, but that one was the revenue we're looking at is like one, like not one. Um, it's like fifty three, fifty seven thousand a year. Um, but so we liked that as like, but it was still serving the medium middle class. But to be honest, the ones that kill it in those saturated markets, you don't want to serve that medium because everyone's serving that medium, and there's a lot of people serving that medium. 
I'd say like to stand out is you want to get those big homes that have, you know, the larger, you know, five, six bedrooms, you know, maybe suites, that kind of thing, because then you're pulling in a lot more money and you're, you're serving either a huge family or, you know, definitely party related, but people who are looking to entertain and have a good time. Um, and I think people are willing to pay a lot more for that. And there's less properties available for those types of visitors. Um, and so when you invest in the bigger homes with gaming rooms and pool, beach access, all these different things that are just, hey, that's the reason why people are visiting. If you're in the beach or if you're in a mountain town, then, you know, fluff it up with all the things of the re reasons why people are visiting that mountain town. Um, but serving that demographic that is willing to pay more, I would say, then you're willing to pay a little more money for it. But those are, I'd say, good ways you, to stand out. And you got to have a pool, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can't have a house without a pool. Over there, man. <laughs> well, you, what you said actually just kind of brought me to the point because you, the first thing you said was you have a 160 purchase price and an ARV of 235. So you're telling me right now you're burning this property. I am. But, so when you're doing the burst strategy, Serving that middle class can work because your mortgage is way lower anyway. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That is the power, man. That's the power of buying real estate at the right price, man. You make yep, your money yep. buy. God. That's right. Yep. Yes. Go ahead, Steve. Uh, I hear a lot about, you know, about Idaho. How, I mean, how beautiful it is. It's like the best kept secret, right? Yeah. yeah. As far as us going that way. Now, I hear a lot of Californians are moving there. Is that true? Yep, that's I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Driving up the values and stuff. Yeah, yep. Oh man. So so how do you I mean, because you only have you have one property over there, right? Yeah, it's my primary home. But okay. I have we that's how we actually originally started off was we bought our primary home, but then we had like a bonus room. And that bonus room was above the garage. We're like, hey, how can we make this like a house hack situation? So we end up walling off one of the the hallways and had its own separate entrance and ended up doing its own little kitchenette bar everything and that was how we first started getting into airbnb just from happenstance and i think our first month we made around three thousand dollars when i think <laughs> the long-term rent was supposed to be like around 800 and our mortgage was 1800 so we were like um this is real <laughs> this is cool you know that's what got you the bug, huh? Yep, yep. Oh, question, question. You just said something. Now, does that scare you that the long-term numbers don't work? Um, uh, man, I don't know if it, I would say it scares me, but just I think just knowing the numbers, like, okay, this it just didn't it didn't meet up. We were just planning on you know saving some cash, but it didn't really scare us because we we also pulled out another like eighty grand from the appreciation, you know, and wow. so. That helped a lot. Not that we were banking on that, but like, that was amazing. We were able to buy more properties with that, um, you know, but, but yeah, I mean, if I started off more focusing on investing in areas where the long-term rents make sense, mm -hmm. but now that I'm in vacation areas and I'm focusing on those, those areas. And as long as I can see the history of them being around for a long time and, and nothing, I mean, even COVID not really destroying that, that space. Um, now I'm like, I'm not really considering the long-term rent anymore. Yeah. That, that, that's, man, there's so many ways to skin a cat in this game. Because I thought about it. If you go to yeah. a vacation rental market, who gives a damn with the long-term numbers? It's, yeah. The laws and everything are in place. They ain't shutting you Exa down. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, and that's 
the kind of mindset I had too, because you know, they ain't changing. They've been around for a long time. Like it's gonna be the same. It's gonna be good. Well, as of right now, that's all I know. It, it, what the, what city is that again? In Idaho. In Idaho, uh, Meridian, Meridian, Meridian. Idaho. and and that is a destination, is a vacation destination. Oh no, oh no. Oh okay. Not. So it's definitely more of a like. Uh, I mean, Meridian is not, but you look at Sun Valley, you look at McCall, um, those or Quarter Lane even like they're all different, located in different spots within Idaho, but they're all destination spots. So you would um, you wouldn't snap up homes around you in, in order to do Airbnb there, would you? No, I wouldn't. It's the number. I mean, it worked out for us because this is where we lived and we were already paying the mortgage and it paid it for us, you know, but in response to being able to go out, if I was to buy here, I would not buy for cash flow reasons. I have tons of investors who are, but like not my investors, but people who I manage for. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, I tell them like, Hey, you know, it's not bad, but to be honest for the headache, I'd rather just do a long-term renter here because you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're almost grossing some of the same, or making the same terms of profit, like in some of these areas, um, just depending where you buy them. Yeah, it's cool to have different tools in the tool belt, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think at this point, you have to buy strategically because the housing prices are too high. So if you're oh, yeah. starting something in like Dallas and regulations are in talks, you know, you can't just go buy no something putting 20% down and man, the long term oh. rental numbers don't work. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I think this is, I think, and I, me and Steve, we always talk with our, our two other buddies, uh, Mike and Federico. I'm like, man, we're in a space now where short-term rentals are evolving just because of the market right now. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, what's a trip. I mean, you know, sorry to get off track. Well, we're still kind of on track, but like a, a buddy of mine at work, he, he just got here about a year ago from Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. And he, he had moved here, you know, you know, lower cost of living. He's going to look for a house and all this stuff. And um, anyways, I just talked to him the other day. Not a buddy, more of an acquaintance. But he said he's moving back to Chicago. He's, he's transferring back from, you know, he works at American also. And I was like, oh, why are you transferring back for? What's going on? He's like, man, it's just um, cost of living too high here, man. And I was like, and in one year, because I told you, I had my, you know, houses, rents were around, you know, whatever for a house or 1500. Now it's like close 22, 2500 for the same house. And I mean, it's just skyrocketed. And I'm like, man, Dallas, Fort Worth area is becoming too hot for people coming from Chicago. So they're going yeah. back to Chicago because it's cheaper to live than Dallas. I was like, holy wow. crap, man. Wow. That is great. I mean, you have to look at it, man. The DFW is the third largest metroplex. Dallas, Fort Worth yeah, together true. is the third largest <laughs> metroplex in the United States. Oh, we are man. right behind LA and New York. <laughs> That's nuts. I know it's crazy to think about. Like people don't realize I'm like, people always say with a ninth largest city, but I'm like, yeah, if you had Fort Worth, you third largest metro place bro like it's yeah. crazy anyways yeah man you the trends and stuff it's you got to pay attention to it but it, it seems like you're doing good michael porsche michael porsche 911 yeah <laughs> is that your handle on uh, instagram oh no <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea though <laughs> man so and now let's kind of touch into your management side so on your management side, you only manage the ones that you have done like a burst strategy with, or do you pick up other one, other units to manage as well? Yeah. So that's how I started. I started doing just the ones that we own. And then, and then I started moving into a position of doing others. Um, so I recently just started marketing myself for that um, just because, well, I might as well just have a separate management company and a separate investment company and, 
you know, maybe a coaching company too. <laughs> and so it, it kind of just evolved like that. Um, but yeah, so now I, I do just manage other people's investments and I try to come at it from an asset management perspective. How, how, what problems have you ran into with managing other people's property? Mm-hmm. Goodness, every problem I think, I don't know, man, so many, so many issues. I've grown so much as a human being from managing other people's properties. I got to tell you, I mean, it's just because everyone's different. Everyone wants something a little different from their property, right? Everyone wants something, they have different expectations. And so the problems are numerous, you know, but I think when you're working with other people's investments and other people's babies, um, you really got to have your systems and your documentation like dialed. Um, so we've added things to our property management company that I, I think a lot of other property management companies don't do, but like, we will go, <clears throat> we will go in and like literally do an inventory count of everything. And I don't know if this is, I never heard of other people doing it, but like, maybe that's because I just don't network enough, but like we would go out and we would inventory every single item that belongs to the owner. And we take pictures of it. Um, and we do like monthly checks on those items because sometimes they go missing Sometimes parties happen, they destroy property, all kind of stuff, which we've run into those situations. Um, but it's really helped having that inventory checklist of what the owner has and they'll go sign off on it. And, you know, and that kind of helps just with like any issues or liability. Hey, this is my personal property and it's gone, you know, and, you know, well, we've never had it, you know, so it's all these different ways of just protecting yourself in that. Um, you know, we do a couple of things too. Like we don't work with somebody unless they agree to pay for cameras and digital door locks. Um, really just one camera, but like we, man, that makes operations for us so much easier. And it allows us to give like a better product for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause then we can actually monitor people. We can, you know, keep people accountable when they come into the property and we can report things if something bad happens. Um, so that's, those are some of the things that we run into on the management side. What is your target type of owner that you like to work with on the management side? Ooh, someone who's not nitpicky and, and <laughs> um, uh, really though, I would say somebody like, so we, we have one of our criteria of people that we were, we're working with and we're like new in managing other people's, but mm-hmm. they have to, their property has to make more than on average, more than 4,000 dollars a month um Mm. in revenue on average daily rate so so that because we want to measure based on being able to get at least a thousand dollars because we charge 25 percent we want to get at least a thousand dollars of revenue from each client that we work with on a on a monthly basis so that's why that's one of our criteria so so for that we have to look in larger homes or bigger homes or our own students who we who we we work with because they usually get the higher cash flowing properties um or performing ones, but like we like to utilize and use the people who are actually like, you know, they're making a solid income. And then our services being that I would say it costs more to work with us, you know, also because we're doing a lot more to make them more money, um, you know, which is I think the manager's job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it also, they can also afford those security things and, you know, like a camera or digital door locks and things like that, which are pretty small investments. Nice. Now, um, man, that's so much good information. The so so would that be would that make you opposed to picking up like one bedroom, one bath places, condos, stuff like that? <clears throat> I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it because I mean we're definitely we're trying to make it ourselves like an actual company that's gonna be well known. Um, but 
it, it takes just as much work sometimes more for these little ones and they don't really give you that much of a profit but i think when we have more of our of our systems dialed and it's been tested for a couple years i think we'll i mean because we kind of started off that way we'll take what we can get but now we're like no we know what we want we know what we can get let's focus on these and get our systems more dialed um so i think i would personally um but right now that's just like that's really not our focus we're just trying to allow our time because we only have there's we're a small team of four including with our virtual assistants um so there's only a limited capacity of what we can handle and each one adds more to that so we're just like so rather than spend all this time trying to get this little property up let's let's spend that same amount of time to focus on finding the guy who needs us at that four thousand a month dollar mark and so you've got your your um, property arbitrage, uh, not arbitrage, your property. Um, damn, the word just slipped Andrew. out of my head. No, no, no. Uh, your target property. What's that called? The um, your yeah. um, the avatar. Your target. Yeah, avatar. Yeah, avatar. I wanted to be. I wanted to be fancy. I failed miserably. Anyway, <laughs> so you got your your property uh, avatar, and so have have people come to you with like a like a butt ugly house and say hey could you manage this for me and you say <laughs> you got carpet everywhere uh, even in the oh, bathrooms man. nah we're probably not gonna we can't do it bro you know i haven't i haven't had that yet but i did have a guy who asked he had three properties and they were performing decently and he wanted me to come check them out or come check one out all in nampa and i'm like dude like why are you investing in Airbnb in this area? You know what the numbers will be like, but Nampa is not really a great spot. I mean, he'll make money, you know, especially off of one of them, but the one he, I came to his house and he's like, I mean, they always say when you're investing in Airbnbs, like, like make it a lot of, you know, brighter colors, make it appeal more to women. Cause they're the ones who are booking, you know, or like, you know, all these different things. But I walk in this place and it's like dark. There's like, you know, animals on the wall there's like you know animal rugs there's horns everywhere like there's like cow you know thing. it's like a western flick and i'm just like ah, okay okay like you know all right you know i don't think a woman would be like yeah unless they're you know from the west and they want to stay you know in that but i was like i thought that was just and i and I, 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 yeah <laughs> no, i'll oh, go ahead steve I have, a question. Have, have you ever convinced any of your clients to add a, a fireman pole to the house? <laughs> no, <laughs> but I might try it now. He <laughs> said ladies are booking, right? I'll say, hey, Steve, guess what I did? <laughs> it's a fireman pole, everybody. All right. Now, Steve, what Steve just said before that, he made me think of something. He said, let's say someone does bring you a crappy crappy property. A crappy property says, let's manage it. Let's say it's crappy. You're like, hell no, I'm managing that. And let's say they're not willing to do the work. Would you maybe even consider like doing like an equity share on it? Like, hey, you give me this much equity in the property. I'll rehab it for you and manage it. Hmm. I never thought about that. I didn't either. Too. Steve dope. said that, and I was like, "Oh shit, you could." So yeah, yeah, I guess for the listeners, you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's a problem we've been coming across with because we arbitrage places too, right? You know, yeah, so, yeah. so we rent them, 
furnish them and then rent them out on Airbnb. But it's like, man, some of them were like, damn, you know, if, if we could pour a little bit of money into this thing, they would like be off. We'd be, I mean, we make good money, but it would be making yeah. great money. But then it's not our house, you know, like, mm. but, um, my thing is with when doing something like that the arbitrage on the arbitrage side is like to get a real great relationship with the with the owner and hopefully you know hopefully buy it straight from them one day instead of them putting it on the market and bidding against you know five fifty people so that's that's our play so just make good money off of it arbitrage it or, or manage it and then uh, maybe hopefully buy it from them then we can really you know really add to the house yeah. another thing we could do man sorry we, we coming up with ideas tonight man uh <laughs> Like you said, you don't own that property, right, Steve? Yeah. But if you talk to the owner and be like, let me put a $20,000 lien on it and I'll put $20,000 worth of work into it. That's whoa. So when you sell that property, I get my money back and I'm getting my money off the Airbnb and short-term rental side. Mm. The only problem is if he never sells it, you might not ever see your money. You're getting but, it from the Airbnb side. Well, if he says, okay, y'all are done. I'm going to rent it myself. I don't know. I'm just thinking of the contrarian ideas. You can get all like on contract. Like, hey, you can't sell to anyone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You have to, th this lease is until yeah. you sell the property. Ooh, that's a good one to secure a long-term lease. This lease is until you sell the property <sighs> or refinance it. Damn, dude. All oh, types man. of ideas coming in on 202. You know, <laughs> it, it's funny too, because there's a, there's a condo that we're probably going to buy from this girl. She wants to sell it to us. And um, it, was, it used to be a two-bedroom. And it's and she changed changed into a big one bedroom. Anyways, it it, it kills it it kills it for us as a short term mm. rental, right? It, it makes yeah. us great money. And so we're in the talks of buying it. And we had considered at one point building back that wall, making it a two bedroom. And like, man, you know that would be. And we'll do it out of our own money because we'd get that money back because yep, it would yep. turn it into two bedroom. It would kill it. But then we thought man we're gonna probably try to buy this thing in a few months then she's gonna we're gonna make it more valuable instead of selling it to us for 160 it's a two bedroom i'm sell it to you yeah. for 200 now you know yeah, so i did we thought about that i was like ah we're gonna we're gonna raise the price on ourselves anyways yeah that's yeah. funny that's exactly what we're doing too i mean that's one of the that's a great value add opportunity because that that gulf breeze property we bought was a two bedroom and it was because they just took the wall down so we just went back and put the wall back up and, you know, immediate value and also immediate value for the short-term rental space. Now you got a three-bedroom, you know, two or one and a half bath rather than a two-bedroom. Mm. So that was really mm. nice. I'm going to start a wall, <clears throat> a wall building company. That's what I'm going to do. A wall <laughs> building. That's all we do. Build walls and knock them down, you know. I like it. That's dope. <laughs> well, man, it's been a great episode. Uh, thanks for hopping on with us. Uh, Michael Porsche, 911. Where, where can people find you, bro? Oh man, you can find me at uh woo -wee. let's go <laughs> from Instagram. It's Instagram.com slash Michael R Porsche. Porsche spelled P-O-R-C-H-E. Doesn't have the S, like most people think. And then also strlegacies.com. That's kind of my main hub of where I work from and my main gig. That's why I represent legacy minded. Um strlegacies.com. Uh and what else? That's that's a good that's a good place to start. Where can people buy your calendar? Um, you know, you go to San Diego.gov slash Michael Porsche Fireman right there. You, buy you, you, have a, you actually have a calendar. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here still working with some dad bod areas. <laughs> some love handles, some lojas right <laughs> here and there and here. They don't want to see that. <laughs> that's but back in the day. Yeah, back yeah, in the know, day. You know. <laughs> Well, That's cool, solid. man. <laughs>
<laughs> Any more questions for our man, Michael Porsche? Oh, man, that was good stuff, man. I love, man, good luck to you. I love what you're doing. So, yeah, good luck to you, man. Keep crushing it. I, you, you definitely provided value to the listeners. So, uh, yeah, man, we're definitely going to have you back once you're up to, like, 50 because it's coming because you're on your grind. So, mm. sure. <laughs> That's what's I look up. forward to catching you guys more and doing some more good stuff. All right, All right my brother. We are out. Don't forget the fireman pole. <laughs> <laughs> Peace. Later. All right, man. That was a good episode. Episode 202 in the bag, man. We, man, I, I'm like still surprised. We had 200 plus episodes, but yeah, man, we doing it. So yeah, thank y'all for continuing to listen to us. Remember, hit the subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, Leave us a review on podca- Apple Podcasts. Um, and yeah, remember our weekly clubhouse meetings are 7.30. We always talking about some good stuff. And what other? we have another meetup coming up in May. So y'all stay tuned for that. And join the Facebook group and get active. Mm-hmm. We are, anything else you have to ask, Steve? Man, keep, keep at it. Consistency. It's all that matters. Consistency. Yes, sir. Consistency. And we are out. Peace. Later. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.